Okay, Power Rangers, let's do it! Go, go, Welcome to the Super Sentai Brothers. This is episode 15 of Live and Let Die Ranger, the internet's best and only podcast dedicated to Gosei Sentai Die Ranger. Every week we watch an episode of the show and share our thoughts with you, the listeners. My name is Matt J, and with me as always is my co-host and brother, Dave. Dave, how you doing today? Matt, I am killer. I'm doing great today. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, as of today, I am on winter break, so I don't have to work for the next two weeks. Oh, well, I'm suddenly less glad to hear it, because now I'm <laughs> now I'm just jealous, but... Uh, listen, listen, first of all, you are envious, I assume, but uh, listen, I get my 2,000 hours in, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I work, actually, more than that. I calculated out once. I work about 2,800 hours a year. That's including plays and stuff. Oh, listen, Dave, so, I'm not suggesting that you aren't overworked during most of the year, but in the yeah, times that you have extended breaks and I don't, like, the other times of the year do not matter to me. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, Matt, you are not uh, you are not alone in that. I think most people think that. Like, I don't talk to, or I, no one actually says this directly, like, to my face because I am a teacher, but before I was a teacher, I would hear people say, like, teachers only work, like, eight months out of the year. Like, come on. It's like, dude, yeah, no, they like I do my full like years worth of work in like eight months. So what so, you're saying is that society is on my side. Yeah, society is on your side, uh, and it is also the wrong side. Let me just you are yes. The majority of you there is a majority and you're all wrong. Okay, well at least I have I'm in a good company. Sure. Sure, why not? So, Dave, <laughs> uh moving on from that. Shining in the heavens, yeah. there are five stars. What is our first star of the week? First star of the week is Christmas. It's Christmas, Matt. Merry Christmas, uh, Dave. Merry Christmas, Matt. Merry Christmas to all of you out in Live and Let Die Ranger land. Or, you know, whatever uh, holiday you celebrate. Happy Hanukkah or I actually don't Kwanzaa. People who, anybody who celebrates Kwanzaa. Happy, happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. Happy holidays. Yeah, whichever one. happy holidays. I hope that you are having a great time. Doing whatever it is that you do. Uh, but what yeah, we man. do is Christmas. And Dave, I just got my tree up this week. Oh, rad. Did you get like a full-on, like a tree tree? Oh, yeah. Like a little guy? It's, I mean, okay, it's not right. giant. Cool. It's like a five-footer, but it's it's decorated and lit. And I just remember that I need to water it today. And there were wrapped presents sitting around the bottom of it. It is, it's great. That? Yeah, we don't have... I am um, in this, the mood for the season. Is that That's how you say odd, that? Dude. I don't know. You're in the... I think you got the Christmas spirit. That's what it Christmas is. Spirit going on. That is the yeah. exact spirit that I have. We don't We don't have a big... We don't have a tree this year because we're traveling, as I mentioned last week. Yeah. So we're traveling. So we just got like a little like a little fake guy that we have for these occasions. So we got some... We got like our special ornaments up. We put those up. We got some lights going on around the house. Uh, mom is visiting. She's been here for about a week now. And she and Beth, my wife, are upstairs making some like Swedish cardamom roll with raisins. With some they're weird, unpronounceable name, I'm sure. No, they're actually, it's a very pronounceable name. You just take something that sounds like English and then you do it with a pretendy Swedish accent and it sounds exactly like Swedish. 
like a fake Swedish accent and a real Swedish accent are virtually indistinguishable. If you don't, I think, know exactly what you're looking for. I think that's fair. I think there's a lot of yeah. accents that are that way. I know the Italian accent, like the more over the top you make it sound, the more realistic it is. Yeah, there's that. The French accent. I think that probably most accents in many ways are like if you can if you can do like the high points, you can get it to sound how you kind of, you know like how you want it to sound. I remember when I was in French because I took French. I took like a year of French in college. I recall, and um, and I did the same thing in Spanish when I was in high school. Is I uh, I would read, and I I would do like an accent while I was reading. And my teachers would be like, wow, you sound, you know, that sounded like really excellent. You know, what it, you know, and then they would ask me to translate and I would be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Maybe this. But I have no idea what I just said. I can just say it pretty well. Yeah. (laughs) But they're like, but I sound really good when I say it. It sounds right. So that's the key, I think. That's actually, that's still what I do. I do that in English. I may be wrong about something about that, but I sound right. You just like say it with confidence. Yeah, you say it with confidence. And you can get <laughs> get away with a lot. A lot more than you probably should be able to, actually, as I think about it. But it served me well. So that's my first star, is Christmas. Okay, so do you have any more stars for the week, Dave? Matt, uh, I wish I could say that I did. My life has been a whirlwind of activity. Finishing papers, setting up for a show, blah, 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 blah. I and what time I haven't been doing that I have just been playing Dragon Age which we already used as a star but it does continue to be great okay so you are in luck this week Dave because I have four stars that I am pretty happy to share with you right on go they for it. are tables ladders okay. chairs I think I know where you're going with this and stairs so whoa stairs okay and stairs my friend okay I didn't so... think stairs were uh, part of it I thought it was uh, they're three, not typically. There was a three item smash. event. So let me back up. Um, this past Sunday was the WWE pay per view event TLC uh, taking place in Cleveland at the Quicken Loans Arena, and I was in attendance. Now, first of all, if you saw that show, you probably know that it was not the best wrestling show of the year. I, honestly, if you compare it to like NXT Revolution, it was not the best wrestling show of that week. But I didn't go to but. Revolution. I went to TLC. So that's what we're talking about. Right on. Okay. So what uh, what happened, man? Like what what was going on? So first of all, there was a little kid sitting behind us, and this kid loves John Cena. Loves him. Like. You cannot imagine how excited this kid was every time he saw somebody walk out wearing a baseball cap. Like, it was like an hour before the pre-show started. We had just gotten to our seats. This kid was already there. He saw a guy with a baseball hat down by the stage and was just screaming that it was John Cena and the show was about to start. Did you, uh, you went with our buddy Josh, right? Yeah, it was me, Josh, Josh's dad, and another friend of ours, Jeremy. Okay, right on. And, uh, oh, Matt, let me ask you something. In, it was I saw a clip. I saw a clip, and it may have been from this. During this event, Matt, did John Cena get a Christmas present? Uh, no, he did not. Okay. Well, I will tell you about that later, but please continue. So there is, um, if you ever watch any WWE shows, you will know Here that there. there is a sort of call and response chant for John Cena where half the audience is chanting, let's go, Cena. And then the other half 
while the first wait, half wait, wait. is taking a break, shouts, Cena sucks. Oh, I really thought that the other shot was going to say, here we go. Like, let's go, Cena, here we go. Nope, let's go, Cena, Cena sucks. Um, okay. <laughs> Does it matter if you're a fan? Like, they just decide, like, one half of the stadium takes, let's go, Cena, and the other half takes, Cena sucks? Or No, it's generally, like, like if you were a fan, and basically what you're saying is either... I like John Cena, or I think Cena is like a big dumb goober, and I'm choosing to boo him. <laughs> okay, and both of those are valid positions to hold, honestly. Which um, are you a uh, are you a Let's Go Cena or or a Cena sucker? Um, if I may ask, I have tried to be a Cena sucker, but honestly, like, dude does a great job. Like, okay, whether or not you actually like him in the ring or like him on the microphone, the fact is that like that is a eminently talented guy and has at various points in the last decade just like picked up the wwe and put him on his shoulders and like carried it around for like three years at a time and sometimes like those matches are really boring and the stories are repetitive but like you cannot deny that guy's talent and work ethic okay i appreciate just to uh, to fill me in because i don't you know like i'm not a i'm not a huge wrestling guy like I get the I get the highlights, sure. You know what I mean. So on a scale of uh, one to the most electrifying man in sports entertainment today, The Rock, where is John Cena? Like on a scale of one to The Rock, basically, where is Cena? Cena is Hulk Hogan. Like Cena okay. is Hogan for the new generation. He even wears like red and yellow these days. Right. On. He has gone through a couple of iterations where he was like. He was a rapper at one point. I vaguely remember and that. And like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Sorry. Let me let me rephrase my question. I'm sorry. In terms of like skill on the mic, presence, crowd, uh, you know, swayitude. Where is Cena? Would you say? Uh, he is not as charming. Uh, when okay. he tries to be funny, he's not nearly as funny as The Rock can be. But when he is on the mic. Like, the entire arena is watching John Cena. Like, when he is out okay. on the ring, like, people are there to see him. Got it. The, Whether or not okay. you like him, you're paying attention. Got it. Well, I don't, I don't know if I've ever told you this, Matt, because, but I use, like, I use The Rock as, like, a case in point. Like, I use The Rock as an example. Like, I show videos of him to my theater students because he's like the gold standard in my mind he's like the gold standard of stage presence he's just like he's a maestro he's amazing i could watch him all day and i don't even super love wrestling like i like it i like it but i don't love it but i could watch the rock all day he's that good he is i mean he is as you mentioned the most electrifying man in all of entertainment (laughs) it all that's right it's all of entertainment now, isn't it? I forgot about that. He, he upgraded it a few years ago. He upgraded himself. He himself decided that he was. Well, really, who else has the authority to do that? That's true. Who, who, what man can judge The Rock, if not The Rock himself? But anyways, so you, you were at this event. This kid's going nuts about John Cena. Oh, and he got so into it that he, he wasn't just shouting, <laughs> let's go Cena. Like, he got so into the fact that they were just saying the guy's name. He was saying both halves of it. And then at one point, like, he caught himself halfway through and realized what he was doing. And, like, had this moment of, like, little child crisis. 
where like you had to imagine that he just wanted to shout, I'm sorry, John, I didn't mean it. It was amazing. Like, forgive me, John, I know not what I do. Yeah. And it was great because for the rest of the night, basically, if there was a match, and I haven't been keeping super up on like the main roster WWE stuff, so if there was uh-huh. a match between two guys and I didn't know who was supposed to be the face and who was supposed to be the heel, I would just mm-hmm. listen for the kid behind me. Okay. And like, and oh, he, like he... this guy's chanting for Eric Rowan instead of the big show. I guess the big show's a heel these days. <laughs> That's great. It was great. Like a tiny a tiny Virgil yeah. guiding you through. Like this That's tiny wonderful. shrieking barometer of goodness. <laughs> Just a bet. Is is was he blonde? In my head he's blonde. I didn't look or turn around to look at the kid. Ah, that would have been like I'm just imagining like a really skinny, like blonde headed kid just like losing it. Jumping on his seat and stuff. So so that happened. Uh, the show actually starts. There was a pre-show with Goldust and Stardust, uh, who are amazing. Um, mm-hmm. I love the Rhodes family. I I particularly love the Stardust gimmick, where Cody Rhodes just now dresses in like bizarre, like star face paint and has this big spangly jumpsuit and acts like a weird space alien. <laughs> Um, so they had a fun match, but then there was the ladder match, uh, between Dolph Ziggler and Luke Harper. And the only thing that you really need to know about those two guys going into this is that Dolph Ziggler is awesome. He is on like a real, um, like streak right now. And he is from Cleveland. Oh, rad. He's not normally built from Cleveland. They normally bill him from, uh, Hollywood, Florida for a reason that I'm sure somebody knows, but I don't. Um... But when he came out, they billed him as being from Cleveland, Ohio. He was wearing, like, custom wrestling trunks that had, like, the Browns colors and, like, somebody's number on it. And he came out, and they were like, oh, from Cleveland, Ohio, Dolph Ziggler. House goes nuts. Amazing ladder match. He wins the title. Like, stole the show. It was amazing. Oh, cool, man. Um, I think both of those guys had to get stitches afterwards. Holy crap. Um, anyway, tons of fun. Ziggler's the best. Um, I had a couple other things I was going to say about the show. So, let's see. The stairs match. Well, you got through stairs. The stairs match didn't make any sense. I think they just wanted to add another thing. We were joking that next year is going to be like tables, ladders, chairs, stairs, with a halftime show by Cher, uh, <laughs> bears. It's you know it 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 was a it was a bridge too far or I guess a a steel stairs too far but there was a stairs match which okay here's the other thing that I really want to mention about going to the live show that I did not know is that when you go to the live show you can't hear the announcers oh yeah that I suppose that makes a ton of sense which just didn't occur to me and so the announcers a lot of times, are kind of terrible to listen to. Um, And so what was great is that I didn't have to listen to them. And since basically throughout the entire course of the show, nobody got on the mic, they would just come out and fight and go to the back. The only thing I saw was people coming out and fighting. There was no, like, drawn out people shouting at each other. There was no terrible commentary. It was just straight wrestling action and so if you watched at home 
and you didn't like it, just imagine how much better it was it would be if you didn't have to listen to Michael Cole. And I don't know who that is, but right on. He's a guy that you just don't want to listen to pretty much ever. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the main event was fun. Um, you know, Dean Ambrose jumped off a bunch of ladders. Cool. Onto Bray Wyatt. Um, Bray Wyatt is boring to watch pretty much all the time. I'm sorry if you like Bray Wyatt. I, I really like it. If I was watching it on TV, I usually fast forward through that guy's stuff because he takes ten minutes to walk to the stage, <laughs> and then he has one move that doesn't seem to make any sense. And people say he's a demon or something with magic powers. It's all very up in the air. Um, that's pretty much all I've got on Bray Wyatt. <laughs> um, Dean Ambrose tried to pick up a TV and hit him, but the TV exploded. So he tried to use the WWE Network as a weapon, and it failed due to a technological problem, which I thought was sort of fitting based on a few experiences I've had with the WWE Network. (laughs) Okay, man. So there were uh, stairs, ladders, tables and chairs. Anything on tables and chairs? I got a chair thing, actually, weirdly, related to wrestling. Go ahead. Go for it. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't want to interrupt you if you had a, a, a tables thing. So I did see a clip, um, and it was of John Cena. Mm-hmm. And he is standing ringside. And I didn't see, like, the intro. Like, I don't, obviously didn't know what happened beforehand. But there's, like, a dude in the ring, and John Cena is standing outside the ring. And there's a big box, and someone gives it to him. And it's wrapped up like a Christmas present, which is why I asked maybe if it was at this event. And... <laughs> He's like, he opens the, he takes the wrapping paper off, he opens the box, and inside is a folding chair, and he pulls it up, he's like, what? Oh, no way! Like, he shouldn't have! (laughs) And then he goes and, like, clobbers the guy with the chair. It's a great moment. That's beautiful. Yeah, the actual chair match at the event was sort of boring. It was Ryback versus Kane, but it's not, like, fun Kane with fireballs. It's corporate Kane, who is wearing no mask and, like, dockers. Um, and they just hit each other with chairs for a while. It was pretty uneventful. <laughs> the table match was fun. Listen, okay, so here's what happened in the table match. It was John Cena versus Seth Rollins, formerly of The Shield. And they had, one of them had to win by putting the other one through a table. Seth Rollins has these two like mall cop security guys who come out with him for okay. reasons that I'm not going to bother getting into. And at one point, John Cena put both of those guys on one of his shoulders and threw them both through a table. What? Because I guess he's like an actual superhero. <laughs> like that's no awesome. no two regular men can stand against him. Jeez, that's right. Ra- Man, I wish I would have seen that. That's super cool. Um, And then near the end of the fight, Roman Reigns came back, who has been out injured for a while. And listen, Roman Reigns gets pushed a little too hard. He is probably the least interesting of the three former S.H.I.E.L.D. members. Um, okay. But... I'm not going to lie, like when he came out and his music hit and he jumped into the ring and punched a dude in the face, um, I loved it. I loved it. It was amazing. I stood up from my seat and I shouted and I got probably in the way of the kid behind me who was also excited. But it was great and I'm not going to apologize for that. (laughs) Never. Never apologize. The dude has two moves, but I love seeing him do both of them. So there we go. That's really all I've got for for, uh, TLC and S. Uh, Do we want to move on to the show proper? Yeah, I think we can. That was five stars. 
Yeah, more or less. So let's do it, man. Okay, so we are going to take a quick break. We're going to watch episode 15. It is titled The Three Stooges Soccer, and we'll meet you back here in a moment. Okay, welcome back. So we have just finished watching episode 15, Three Stooges Soccer. Dave, why don't you hit us with a recap? Absolutely. So in this episode, it's a uh, Ryu-centric episode, so we see a lot of him. And we fight not one, but three different Gomo monsters who play soccer against the Die Rangers and lose. And that's it. Right? I mean, that's really... Yeah, I mean, that's the long and short of it. Well, I mean, that's the short of it. So here is the... Now we're going to do the the long of it, (laughs) I guess? Right, here's the long. Okay, so we open up the episode and we just see an alley. And there's an older lady walking down the alley. And she sees, off to the side of it... A giant pink phone. It's like it's like sitting in some garbage, I think, right? Yeah, it's just sort of sitting next to a hedge, I think. Yeah, it's something like that. It's it's clearly conspicuous. Like it is not a regular sized phone. It is not in any sort of place where you would expect to see like a giant pink phone. It's really obviously a goma. And she's like, What's this phone doing here? Eh, I needed to make a call anyways. So she tries to pick up the phone, and obviously the phone like jumps up and is like, Hey, lady, hands off, something like that. And the lady is like terrified, and she runs away. Uh, I have no pity for this woman. She absolutely should have seen that coming. She lives in a town that is rife with Goma attack. If you see something that out of the ordinary, I feel like it's your own fault if you get fooled by that. You know what I mean? Not to blame the victim, but like she should have seen, she should have seen that coming. That's nobody's fault but her own. Yeah, I mean, if she had looked more closely, she would have noticed that it wasn't just a telephone. It was attached to something that was mostly humanoid. Yeah. So, I, I'm not sure what this woman's deal is. But, so she, uh, you know, she runs away, and the phone, it's like a very, the voice is like, um, it's like a schoolgirl sort of voice. You know what I mean? Like a sort of, uh, I'm not really sure how to do it, but a very, like, young teenage girl voice i think is yeah. the idea that they're going for with this monster and then she's there and then another monster shows up and it's like a gravestone monster yeah he's like a gravestone with arms and legs but it's weird because the gravestone is like cracked in the middle and has a hinge yeah. and on the inside it can he just has like a variety of different things like sometimes yeah, it, it looks like a giant bic lighter and it's a flamethrower sometimes there's like a tv in there yep we saw a tv and then there was one other thing I forget. What at first like I thought it was just vending supposed to machine be... of some sort that oh. spat out a fortune, like not a fortune cookie, just the fortune. Yeah, like a fortune telling machine. It um yeah. At first I thought that he came out and I thought that it was a gravestone, and then he opened up and it was a lighter, and it's like oh maybe I'm wrong and it's just supposed to be a lighter. And the answer is no. It's definitely a gravestone. He just can randomly generate kind of whatever it is that he wants in there. And so they're hanging out, and then a third guy comes in, and he's like a motorcycle. Like he a motor- is a like motorcycle. An anthrop- yeah. And he is he's riding also, a motorcycle. Yeah, he's riding a motorcycle. Which is a little bit weird. It's like a piggyback ride, but for motorcycles. You know what I mean? And at no point is it ever clear if he can himself move like a motorcycle i don't think that he can i don't think he can either because you only ever see him him a few times on that motorcycle and it seems i don't know it's 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 a fun visual but it is 
a weird idea for a monster, like a useless motorcycle. You know what's also weird is that um, these guys are clearly – they're like a team, right? Like yeah. they have been thrown together. They work as a team. They clearly know each other. They've got a little like secret handshake effectively thing that they do. Uh, there is no explanation as to why these guys are working together. They're not thematically similar. They oh, – well, you may it, have uh, missed it later in the episode, and we will get to it. But there is a reason they're working together. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe I did just miss it. So we have a phone, a gravestone, and a motorcycle, and and then that's it. That's all. That's that's a that's the whole scene. Yeah, this their woman... names are uh, Chief Tombstone, Master Phone, and General Kamikaze. He's the motorcycle. General Kamikaze is actually a pretty rad name. It is. Like, I, I like would, Kamikaze a lot. He is, I would uh, be. Uh, I would expect him to be a little bit cooler, actually, with a name like General Kamikaze. He doesn't quite live up to it. I like Kamikaze. Kamikaze is the uh, the sort of de facto leader of this small group. Yeah. Um. And they ask him because clearly he has been planning on something. They say, "Okay, General Kamikaze, have you finished formulating the plan?" And he says, "Aha, yes." And he pulls out a soccer ball. And I guess we are meant to assume that that is his brilliant plan for defeating the Die Rangers. And so then the scene cuts. <laughs> and then that's it. And so we jump And I to... guess, honestly, if you think about it, everyone oh, else has just tried to attack them with, like, lasers and robots and magic powers. So maybe playing them in soccer is not a terrible idea. Like, it's at least something that hasn't been proven wrong yet. Yeah, I was going to say, nobody else is doing anything. Everybody else is just getting beat. So, yeah, who knows, man? Maybe soccer is, in fact, the way to go. So the scene cuts, and we see Ryu, and he is in his restaurant. And maybe Ryu is actually a little bit like higher placed in this restaurant than we think. Because the restaurant is closed, and he is just hanging out uh, making gyoza, which is like a little dumpling, with his sister. And I was blown away. I could not believe that his sister actually showed up. I thought for sure, for sure, that after Iron Mask, like, we would see her once, and then that would be it, and we would never encounter his sister again. But she's here, and she's Yeah, like, she is, and she is she is going to be playing the part of our damsel in distress in this episode. Yeah, and she's like, Ryu, let's go hang out. He's like, I can't. I need to make these gyoza. Like, he's super intense about it. He's like, I need to make these gyoza. Like, everybody is coming to eat these dumplings like why don't you go hang out with your friends she's like well all my friends are sick why do you think i'm trying to hang out with you yeah so i guess we now we know why we never see his sister it's because she doesn't actually like him that much she yeah. only is willing to hang out with him if all of her other friends are ill <laughs> um but he's like super intense about these dumplings and it's not he's not making them for like his boss he's not making them to like try and get a better job or, like, you know, become, like, the head gyoza maker or whatever. He's literally just making them for the other Die Rangers. Like, he's just inviting his friends over for dinner, and he is, like, really, really upset with his sister that she is distracting him from making these dumplings. He is dedicated to his craft, Dave. Yeah. In all like, things. He is, In he all is things, really, Ryu strives for excellence. Really into these dumplings. Dude, not that I blame... I love dumplings. Like, I love love really of any sort to be honest yeah pretty much if your culture generates a dish that could reasonably be called a dumpling like i'm like i like it yeah 
Yeah, 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 definitely. There is actually, uh, and everybody does. Everybody has a dumpling, like a, a dumpling, like equivalent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, who's the guy who hosts What Do You Know? Michael Feldman. Michael Feldman calls this his universal knish theory. Okay. That basically all cultures have like a knish equivalent. Like all cultures have like like a starchy outside and then filled with something inside of it. You know, so it's like dumplings or progi or knish or like kibbe or like whatever it is. But everybody has them and they're all great. They're almost they're universally delicious. It's one of the great things about this big, beautiful world of ours, Dave. It is. It is. I have been known, I'm going to admit, I have been known to go to a Chinese buffet and just eat nothing but dumplings. Like dumplings for dinner, and that's what I'm eating. I think it could do a lot worse. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Dude, have you ever been down to um, Liwa? Have you ever been there? No, I never have. Are, we keep talking oh, about dude, going. We, we got we to gotta go sometime. I've only been like a handful of times, but we went with some Chinese friends of ours. Well, she's Chinese and he's Anglo, but uh, she's like ordering in Chinese. And dude, it's like these little old ladies. It's a dim sum joint, but you got to go Sunday afternoon. That's when like like the full on experience happens. And there's just these little old ladies rolling around with carts and they're like, what do you want? And you're like, I want like this and this and this. And then they like mark it on your sheet. And then you pay later, but it's it's delicious, dude. It's like steamed buns and chicken feet and like barbecued pork and also we we'll just we'll go sometime. Yeah, it so sounds anyways. like everything I want. Yeah, I know, right? So uh I I guess what I should say is that I understand reuse dedication to these dumplings. He's super intense about it. And then uh So what happens is he is so intense about his dumplings that he sort of chases his sister out of the kitchen. That's right. And then she is immediately confronted by um, the the group of the three Goma who are referred to periodically throughout the episode as the Three Stooges. And they kick a soccer ball at her, right? Yeah, and it sort of follows her like a uh, like that collection ball at the end of an episode of The Prisoner. Yeah, and we actually get some neat, like, forced perspective shots where it looks like the soccer ball is giant. I think the idea is, like, that it's growing. And then eventually it hits her. And I think it it explodes or something. It either explodes or, or catches her or, like, whatever it is. Regardless, she is captured and placed on a giant balloon. So Ryu hears his sisters, whose name I don't remember, scream, drops the gyoza, comes running out, like, sees her being kidnapped or sees the soccer ball chasing her, I think, runs after her. Chases her all the way to bum ba bum Dockside. You knew it was only going to be one of three locations, but they end up at the dockside, and there are the three Stooges, and they have her like uh, kidnapped, effectively, right? Yeah. She's in like a giant balloon. Yeah, I forget if she's in a giant balloon at this point or if that's later in the episode, but she is captured, and they say to him, "You need." Okay, so they're at the dockside now, and they say, "You need to meet us at the quarry." Which is great because that <laughs> right. is like they're you know they're just checking off all the boxes in one episode. <laughs> so yeah, they're like, you need to meet us at the quarry. And my notes just say, please tell me that the Rangers will have to play them in soccer. They do. So <laughs> General Hamakazi, he's got the soccer ball, and he says, if you do not play us in soccer, like we will kill your sister. And he was like, okay, fine. And then they disappear. Oh, but before they leave, they do specify that he has to come alone. 
Oh, yeah, that's right. Thank you. I had forgotten about that. They say, come alone. We will play you at soccer. And if you don't, then we will just kill your sister. Like, that's it. So they just teleport away, right? Yeah. And so Ryu, he goes, he finds the other rangers. And you just see they're well, all No, the other rangers around. find him. Because remember, they were all coming to uh, eat the dumplings. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And okay. So, so since he has to go alone, he doesn't want to tell them what he's doing because then they're going to want to come with him, right? Right. And he's he like, no, doesn't no, want to I have to go. I have to go. I don't have time to feed you. And Shoji gets super petulant about it. He's like, "What? We were coming over to eat your dumplings. I was super excited about it. You need to feed us." <laughs> and Ryu just decks him. My notes just say, "Dang it, Shoji! The man's sister has been kidnapped. Leave the gyoza be." <laughs> So, yeah, Shoji's, like, a real jerk about it, and Ryu, yeah, decks him, and then, like, 90s TV angst runs, you know what I mean? If, oh, yeah, if you've like, watched 90s TV, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, just, like, oh, like, you can see, even from behind, like, you can see his pain as he runs, and so he just runs away, and the other rangers are like, dang, man, what's going on with that guy? Oh, no, no, no that's right, Kazu says to Shoji, he's like, dude... There's clearly something going on. You need to, like, be cool about it. So we cut to the quarry, and the Three Stooges are there, and there's a couple of Kutaputeros around, and also Zydos is there, one of the Three Goma Commanders. And I'm going to stop describing Zydos as one of the Three Goma Commanders. If you've listened to 15 episodes of this show, you know who Zydos is. Anyway, Zydos is there, and he is berating the Three Stooges. And this is why they're working together. He says, listen, I put you three guys on a team because you are terrible. Like, you are basically, like, the <laughs> leftovers right. of the Goma. And, like, working together is the only chance you're going to have to win because separately you are useless. So, here's the deal. You have to beat the Dire Rangers. If you don't, then basically don't bother coming home. <laughs> That's right. You're out. So this, this is, is your sort last of their chance. last chance of redemption. Which is really, that's like super harsh. Because remember, these are not like, this isn't like a job. It's not like they're being fired. They are all part of the Goma tribe. Right. Like, this is their family. They're being <laughs> like, exiled. Yeah, like you're being disowned and exiled. If you fail this one last time. Which is, I mean, it must have been, like, their failures must be held over from, like, the Die Tribe from, like, ages ago. Because we've obviously, they've never held the Die Rangers before. Oh, something I did want to point out, Matt, is that the uh, Kodoro Potoro are wearing soccer shorts. Like, full over Kodoro their Potoro normal costume. outfits. Yeah. yeah. Plus soccer shorts and, like, cleats and stuff. So, the guy, the Gravestone, what's his name again, Matt? Uh, he is Chief Tombstone. Okay, so Chief Tombstone, he, like, flips his head open. He's like, we should see how our luck is going to be. And now, instead of a lighter, he's got, like, a, uh, like a fortune machine. That's the one that we mentioned earlier. So he puts a token in his own head. Or maybe the, maybe telephone, Master Telephone does it. But anyways, they put, like, a coin in his head, and he drops a fortune out. And they're like, oh, good news. Like, we have good luck. Like, we are, you know, fortune is with us. We will be able to beat the Die Rangers. Now, listen, I don't want to spoil the end of the episode for you guys, but as it turns out, don't always <laughs> trust the fortunes that come out of a uh, fortune machine in a monster's head. Yeah, that is not clearly a reliable source of uh, fortunes. So, so Ryu shows up and goes through a whole give me back my sister speech. That's when we see that she is being kept 
in a balloon that is floating over the field. And mm-hmm. the three stooges outline the sort of terms of the match. And the way that it works is that Ryu, by himself, is going to play soccer against the three stooges and a full team of Kotopotoros. And when a goal is scored, a lightning bolt will shoot out of the goal, uh, like from between the goalposts, and hit whoever allowed that goal to be scored, okay? Yeah. So they have like a dummy Red Ranger, and they kick the ball in, and the lightning shoots out, and it explodes, and they say, okay, now let's play. Oh, there is one thing that happens before that, Matt, is that he says, like, whatever, I'm just going to take my sister back, and you guys can go pound salt. And so he jumps up to try to get his sister, and the balloon in which she is being trapped is electrified? I'm not really sure how that works, but the balloon is electrified, so he's got to play their game. In general, there's a lot of electricity going on here. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the deal is with that, but it's true. It's true. So... If he scores, ultimately, if he scores, he saves his sister. If they score, the Red Ranger dies. And so the Red Ranger, thankfully, has some sense. And he's like, I'm going to aura change before this game starts. So, you know, I've got a little Die Ranger juice going on. I'm a soccer. And drops, like, the most intense aura change we've seen yet. Because it's like, Kiryoku tension aura changer is the thing that they say, right? Yeah. And normally, it's very much like, Kiryoku, Tenshin, Ora, Chinja, right? <laughs> and but Ryu. <laughs> that was very good. Thank you. I've watched a fair amount of Die Ranger at this point. And so, but this time, it's like Ryu, and he's just standing there alone, like staring the Goma down, and he's like, Kiryoku, Tenshin, Ora, Changer. And then he does, it's like, wow, d- dang, Ryu. <laughs> Like, yeah, he had, real. Ryu has de- death in his eyes. <laughs> yeah, and he turns it to 11. Um, so that's it. The game starts. And as soon as the game starts, we hear Ole 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 in the background. Oh, yeah. Like, this episode is fun. Like, yeah. It is a real, like, like Dave just said, Ryu got very intense and there are real stakes to this episode, but it is like a fun, goofy, like, soccer episode where they play an exploding soccer game against, like, three crummy monsters. Like, it's <laughs> it's a ball. Um, I did not know this for, like, the longest time, uh, but oh, the ole 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 thing, that is apparently just, like, a Brazilian thing. I think it's a Brazilian thing. And uh, and people have just adopted it. And not just for soccer. Uh, I don't know if you know this, Matt. I don't go to like a ton of live shows. But sometimes I will go to live shows. And at the end, people will start doing the Olay chant to try to like get get the band out to do like a... Uh, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? A, uh, an encore. Thank you. It's so weird, but people just use the ole 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 chant for stuff that has nothing to do with soccer. Although I will say, dude, uh, I do really like soccer. Like, I really dig. I'm not like a sports guy, which is fine if you are. Uh, you know, I, I obviously because I'm like a nerdy guy in my younger years. I was like sports, whatever. Uh, but you know, listen, if you dig sports, that's totally great. It's not my thing. Um, but I do love soccer, and I particularly love. 
the World Cup. Yeah, I like two things about the World Cup. I like any sort of international competition. So I like the Olympics. I like the World Cup. I realize that the organizations that run both of those uh, competitions are like weird and screwed up and loathsome. But I really like watching the games. Um, I also like soccer because it is not, uh, it doesn't have all these starting and stopping of yeah. some sports that I don't like watching. So, like, basically, when I think of watching a baseball game, I, all I can think of is just watching a couple dozen guys stand in a field for roughly 12 hours like that in my head is what baseball is so with soccer like you might not get a point for the whole game but at least people are moving the whole time right something is happening the entire time I, that's why i find it very entertaining to watch but yeah i'm with you on international competition you know that's uh that's that's like a big element of it for me i love it because it's like okay this is our best guys versus your best guys and we're just gonna see who has the best guys which is much more like, uh, you know, that's a much bigger deal for me. I can get invested in that because, okay, we live in Cleveland. Obviously, our professional sports teams are notoriously bad. But I don't even, you know, I, I don't root for them. I don't care because, and again, listen, man, if it's your thing, rock on. But, like, I just don't care because, like, those dudes aren't from Cleveland for the most part. You know, like, they're not from Cleveland. Maybe they live in Cleveland while they're here. They're here because they're paid to be here. If they weren't, they would be someplace else. Like, whatever. Like, you don't care about Cleveland. I don't see why I should care about you. But international competition, it's like, you know, USA. Like, those are the guys. Like, those guys are all Americans. Unless, you know, it's like a dude who, like, switched his, who did whatever. Like, there are ways that they, like, try to juke the teams, which is lame. But... Yeah, I do. I, I love international competition. So as they start this game, as it turns out, like I thought it was going to be super unfair with one dude fighting an entire soccer team, but it's not <laughs> because apparently, at least Aura changed, Ryu is an incredible soccer player and just starts wiping the floor with these guys uh, to the point where they have to resort to cheating almost immediately. <laughs> Yeah, they get, like, maybe 30 seconds into this game, and General Kamikaze, like, whistles for his motorcycle, and it comes over, and he, like, jumps on it, starts doing some stuff, and Ryu is like, dude, that's, you can't do that, that's cheating, like, that's not even soccer, and they're like, oh, this is, I think they say, like, oh, this is Goma soccer, and the only rule is nothing but your feet can touch the ball, and anything else is fair game, to which I ask, like, why doesn't he immediately call Ryusio? But he doesn't. I don't know. Maybe he just has that much love for the game of soccer that he is not willing to sully it. <laughs> Refuses to see the noble sport sullied. I gotcha. Um, anyway, so now that they are cheating, the tide turns, and eventually the Goma managed to get a score. Uh-huh. And the lightning shoots out, and it hits Ryu, and it blows him out of his aura-changed form. And he is... He's not dead, obviously, because, you know... He is the hero of the show, but uh, he is really hurt, like, very badly. And they all sort of are excited that they've won, and then they realize that it hasn't quite killed them, so that they have to go one more time. But Ryu yeah. is still shaken from the lightning bolt. Oh, dude, he is, uh, he's trying, though. Like, he's doing the full-on, like, shaking as he, like, gets up in, like, anger, and he's, like, trying to do it. 
and he just, yeah, just took too much out of him. Just can't do it. And the Goma fairly easily managed to put in another uh, score. But there is no lightning bolt. Yeah. And they're all sort of surprised. Like Ryu braces for it, and the Goma start to cheer before they realize that something has gone wrong. Then they all wonder, like, why, like, why no explode? Yeah. Uh, and then, this is a really good moment. It, it fades away. And then as soon as it fades away, of course, we know it was an illusion. It was all an illusion. And so we, the goal fades away. And then the other Rangers are there standing in front of the real goal. <laughs> Shoji, this is amazing. Shoji goes into like full on like smack talk mode. He like literally throws his arms out, like indicating Daigo. And he's like, fools, this was an illusion. <laughs> like, like you have just witnessed Daigo's amazing illusion goal technique. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And so they're like, and Daigo so gives this over. great little nod and smile. He's like, "Oh yeah, like, illusion goal." Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and so Ryu runs over, and he's like, "Guys, I'm supposed to come alone. Thanks for coming." And Shoji is like, "I can't believe you were such a jerk," and like pulls back as though he's gonna hit him. And then it's like, "Ah, gotcha. You're all right, Ryu." So the Rangers line up, and they say, "Shining in the heavens, there are five stars." Um, but instead of saying that they are Gosei Sentai Dai Ranger, they say they're like soccer Sentai. Oh you know, yeah, that's right. Uh, they came up with like a te- like a team name, like they are like the <laughs> Kiryoku Bombers or something. I think it's something like that, which is a great name for a soccer team. Matt, before we get too much further, there is one thing I want to point out. I am fairly certain that Shoji's Pompadour is getting bigger over time. Like I'm not like it grows along with his skill and power. Yeah, dude, I'm not sure, but I am. I'm fairly confident about this that his pompadour is getting larger as as these episodes progress. So and then the aura change, and then you know, Kiryoku Bombers, Super Soccer Sentai, something something. But the uh, the Three Stooges, not to be outdone, like go into their own little introduction thing as though they are also <laughs> yeah, a Super Sentai right. team. <laughs> I forgot about that. Um, which is great. They have little poses, and I forget what they all say. I remember that Master Phone has this little catchphrase where she says, like, spying on you nationwide. Yeah, something like that. They all say a little thing, and then they're like, the Three Stooges, or whatever it is that they say. And then they just start playing soccer, and it's it's fantastic. Um, like every, It's like kind of like Shaolin soccer like, everybody is using their, like, special techniques to, you know, do soccer stuff. So, uh, Kazu is their goalie. And they, like, get a goal in. And Kazu, like, time shifts backwards to, like, stop the goal. Rin is, like, blowing Kotopoto around with, uh, with like, you know, Chi Tornadoes. Kiryoku Tornadoes, yeah. I guess. Yeah, and then Shoji uses an heretofore unseen superpower. Apparently, Shoji has super speed? Yeah, we have no idea. He goes, like, he becomes this weird blue blur and flies across the screen, like, really quickly. And I don't know how gravity powers are supposed to do that for you, but I I guess Shoji has super speed. 
feel like that should be maybe uh, Kazu's thing. Like that would make a lot more sense to me if the time guy had super speed, like a la Professor Zoom. But but no, sorry, no, it's Shoji. It's a cool moment. Yeah, no, it looks really like neat. he passes the ball to himself. Yeah, that was good. So they finally get the ball over to Ryu, and Ryu goes to take the shot, and it is beautiful because what happens is he summons Chi to his foot. And he has this, like, lightning foot that is... I, I can't tell if it's drawing in energy or expelling it, but in any case, it is just this glowing electric foot that he uses to kick the ball so hard that it hits the Kotopotoro, who's acting as goalie, and knocks him backwards into the goal, causing the whole thing <laughs> to go up in, like, a huge explosion. That's right. Um, the... The balloon holding Ryu's sister pops. Ryu catches her. Game over. <laughs> Man, I just, dude, this episode was so good. I don't, listen, if you enjoy the show, I hope you're watching Die Ranger. It's a lot of fun. Even if you don't generally watch the show, this one's worth checking out. So he rescues his sister. And uh, the three stooges are like, well, we're not done yet. Enlarging bomb. Natch. Natch. And then there's Ryuseo. So he, ju- you know, Ryu jumps up on Ryuseo. The other rangers are there. And <laughs> yeah, what's weird is that they don't summon Dairano. They just yeah. summon Ryuseo. Well, Ryuseo shows up. It's an athletic, uh, sorry, it's an athletic endeavor. Maybe, you know, Ryuseo is a little more agile. He's a little, he's a little more limber. A little more sprightly. So, so the other rangers are there. Rusio shows up um, and just goes for Kamikaze. Like, attacks him like a boa constrictor, like, oh, wraps yeah, around him and just starts, like, eating his head. Oh, it's cool. And, until the uh, the uh, Chief Tombstone and Master Phone walk over and tickle Ryuseo until he lets go. Which did not seem like it should work, but it does. Ryuseo, giant yeah, robot works dragon. surprisingly well. Apparently ticklish. Who knew? So, fight, fight, fight. They do a little bit of other stuff. And then the three stooges, they pull out soccer balls. And they're like, oh, these soccer balls explode if they touch anything but your feet. Which I feel like would be a really good way to enforce some rules in soccer. I don't know how the ball knows if it's been touched by anything but feet. But it knows. So they say these soccer Global balls magic. explode. I guess, man. So these soccer balls explode if they touch anything but your feet. Let's see you try to dodge it. And so they kick the ball at Ryuseo. He doesn't dodge it. He like it hits him and explodes in his chest. They take him. You know, he takes a step back. He's like, oh no. And then they cut back to the three Stooges, and they all three have these balls. I have no okay. idea where they come from. We're going to now, like, all do it at once. And, and Rin thinks that they're doomed. Uh, but Ryu says, I won't allow it. And so they all kick the balls at him. Ryusio jumps up <laughs> on his staff and does... I think we've seen him do this before. He sort we of, like, have. swings around on the staff and kicks all three of the balls back at the Three Stooges. Like, one after the other. I'm not sure the timing on that works because they all kick them at at Ryuseo at the same time, and he manages to, like, kick, spin, kick, spin, kick, spin. But he launches them all back at the Goma. They explode. And then 
we just see Ryusio like standing proudly. So I guess we are to assume that that was it and that they are defeated. So that is the end of the fight. We cut back to the, like the, uh, the restaurant. Yeah, it's like the stinger shot. You know, like right at the end, we get a little bit. And, there and so is we cut just... back to the restaurant. Ryu has made all of the dumplings. Yeah, dude. I mean, just a pile of dumplings. And those aren't even all of them. He says that like he's got more in the back. This dude has gone just way overboard. Well, you know, you, you know, your four best friends help you save your sister from an right. evil explosion soccer game. You know, you're, you think that with dumplings? you're probably going to get a little overboard on the gratitude dumplings. True, true. So he, uh, you know, they're all eating dumplings, and Ryu is, dude, you thought the level of investment was high when he was making the dumplings? It pales in comparison to how intense he is when people are eating the dumplings. Oh, dude, he gets really weird and kind of needy about these dumplings. Like, so? Do do you like them? Are they good? Tell me you like them. Tell me they're great. They're great, right? He's not even eating. He's just, like, wandering around the table, like, shoving his face in everyone else's face. Being like, how are they? Are they good? Please tell me they're good. I'll probably kill myself if they're not. <laughs> okay, he doesn't say that. But that's the impression that we get. He's got sort yeah, of, like, you, a manic can, look on his face. You feel that. Yeah, you can feel it coming off of him. That's a good way to say it. Everybody else is they're delicious, and Rin is like totally stone faced. She's like, mm, "Feeling's a little bit dry. Could he use some more meat?" And Ryu, you just see him like you see his soul crumble. It's like really, and it's this like great sort of horrified face, <laughs> right? And then it's like, ah, I just I got gotcha. you. They're fine. Like they're really tasty, actually. And then Ryu was happy again. Which is like, dang, Rin. Like, if you're going to make a... Ju- you're you know, like with at the least- emotions of a delicate man. Right. This is clearly not a dude who is in a stable place about his dumplings. So if you're going to tell a joke, at least make it obvious that it's a joke. Which she doesn't. She just stone faces it. Uh, like, talking smack on these dumplings when she actually likes them. And then that's it. That's all we see from the dumplings. So then we cut to Stinger 2, or B, or whatever there's another episode stinger where we see the three stooges and they are all bandaged up and limping away master phone is on crutches oh and they're yeah. just wandering sadly into the sunset it's really sad like i mean i recognize that they are the monsters but we get another perspective on the goma here matt these are not you know uh you know abusers create abusers they're all part of one giant extended goma family I, you know, they just want to be part of the family, and they're they're not making it. We've just discovered, you know, they're disinherited now. They're not part of the Goma tribe anymore. And so it's just like these three sad sacks, like, got the crap beat out of them for something that they clearly weren't even super invested in, and then they didn't do it well enough. So now they got kicked out of their family. Uh, I legitimately feel bad for the Three Stooges. <laughs> like, it kind of, they, they bum me out. I feel bad for these guys. I just want to tell you, Dave, that that is not the last time we see the Three Stooges. Oh, no way. Okay. These guys oh, are going to come back, they, and they have... Do they join? We have set a precedent. Well, go ahead. Sorry. Well, basically, sorry. we have set a precedent that is going to repeat in future episodes where the Three Stooges show up, they challenge the Die Rangers to something that is not a fight, but has deadly stakes, and then they try to cheat to win. Okay. Oh, and I was every time, hoping- it is amazing. I was kind of hoping that they would maybe, like, join the Rangers. They'd be, like, Turncoat Goma that, like, 
How about the Dyrangers? You know, have there ever been like sports themed, a sports themed Super Sentai show? Because I feel like they're really missing an opportunity there if there hasn't been. I don't know. You know, it's weird because they do like ninja themed and dinosaur themed over and over and over again. But there's a few uh-huh. that you would think are like slam dunk concepts that right. we have never seen. Huh. That's weird. Okay. So anyways, so we will see the three Stooges again. Uh, Matt, high points, low points. Okay. Um, High points. I just love this episode. It's kind of hard to pick out a high point, honestly. How about you? Dude, it's it's gold from top to bottom. Like, super speed lightning kicks, you know, exploding soccer balls, a, a trap balloon that's electrified. Uh, yeah. I mean, from start to finish, this episode is comedy gold. Uh, if I had to have a low point on this episode, it's that the last episode ended with the establishing that there is going to be a sixth ranger, and nothing in this episode indicates that that is true. Dude, my downside for this like episode... Like, it just totally dropped that thread for at least this episode, and I think it actually comes back next week, but okay. I would have liked to have some sort of tease for it. Yeah, something to keep that, that energy moving, you know? My only downside of this episode is that it is not longer, Matt. I would have happily watched another, like, 20 <laughs> minutes of Goma versus Super Sentai Soccer. Oh, you're going to love Goma versus Super Sentai Baseball. I think I am. I think I am. <laughs> okay. I, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah, I think that is going to do it for another episode of Live and Let Die Ranger. Before we finish up here... I just want to remind you all that you can email the show at supersentibrothers at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at supersentibros. I did get one or two questions to go over this week. I'm not going to do it now because the question that I really want to talk about actually addresses something that hasn't happened in the show yet. And so Dave doesn't have any context for it, and I don't want to spoil it for him. So oh, we yeah, will get back to that either. question, but it's probably going to be another week or two before we... Uh, cover enough of the show that we can actually discuss it if you like the show please remember that shining in the itunes review section there are five stars thank you to everybody who rates reviews and subscribes to the show it really helps other people find it uh once again we are the super sentai brothers i'm matt i'm dave and we'll see you next week